0: first Peter that's a tough book first Peter I have a different take on this book than probably everybody that's okay you you read it and you come up with your own take here's mine (laughs) this book is a tribulation book now you can take some spiritual applications from it and you should from every book of the Bible there's no reason not to but if you want a doctrinal statement a doctrinal understanding of this book it has to fit in the tribulation the date of this book. I'm going to give you what Hoffman says. Here he says, um, he says it's 64 AD. I don't believe it.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, here's why. Peter. We're talking about Peter. It's first Peter. <laughs> Peter understood Paul's doctrine. Now, he may have been slow to catch on, Hence the book of Galatians. Okay, he was slow to catch on. It took him a little while. That's okay. Galatians is Hoffman says 51 A.D. Well, I would put uh, Peter, the book of Peter, right around that time, while he's still not clear on the details of the church age, and he's still teaching this uh, work-safe system. 1 Peter, look at uh, look at. I'm talking about First Peter, but let's go to Second Peter. Second <laughs> Peter three verse fifteen. Second Peter three fifteen. And account the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. Even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. Okay, so here's what he's saying. He's saying the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. Really? He says even Paul has said something like this. <laughs> the way you know he's saying it like that is because of the next verse. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of things which are something hard to be understood. I don't even get it all. <laughs> Okay, that's how doctrinally this sits. is because he's not at a full understanding of the church age when he writes this. Some things there he's not... He knows it's inspired. He knows it's God-given, but it's still coming in bits and pieces. And he's getting there. (laughs) That's right. He's saying that um, you'll wrestle yourself to destruction if you don't study it and obviously he's going to study it and work on this it's good stuff there I just don't understand it all now what does he mean well, he said um, uh, in verse 15 and account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation even as our beloved brother Paul also according to the wisdom given unto him hath written unto you so where did he do that it's in Romans Romans 2 verse 4 Romans 2 verse 4 Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? Okay, so he's saying there's the salvation of the Lord that is longsuffering. But he doesn't mean it the same way Paul meant it. When you read that from Paul, what do you understand from it? don't despise God's long-suffering, Him not lowering the boom on you. Because that should lead you to repentance. He's giving you a little space to repent. And not just slamming the door on you. What does Peter mean by it? Back to 2 Peter 3. Look at verse 14. 2 Peter three fourteen. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. <laughs> that is, if you're going to get it, you better be blameless and without spot. A little different than Paul. Peter saying you better be blameless when he shows up and you better be without spot. Paul's saying, "Him not lowering the boom gives you time to repent." He didn't say anything about you better be spotless. I mean, we understand we shouldn't have spots, but all right, let's get down into the nitty-gritty of this. Proverbs chapter 27. We are start with Proverbs, go all the way to Second Timothy. No, <laughs> now we're just going to get a verse that'll give us an idea of how to approach this book out of Proverbs. Proverbs twenty seven verse eighteen. Proverbs twenty seven eighteen Whoso keepeth a fig tree shall eat the fruit thereof. So he that waiteth on his master shall be honored. Okay? Looks like an innocent verse it's not. <laughs> He's saying right here Israel is a fig tree. And you know that from studying your Bible and God's keeping that fig tree. He didn't uproot it. He may have chopped it down, but He left the roots. He's keeping that thing for a reason. One day He's going to get some fruit off of it. He's counting on it. Luke chapter 13. Luke 13 verse 6. Luke thirteen six. He spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none a bunch of Roman Catholics a bunch of nuns he found none <laughs> then he said to the dresser of his vineyard behold these three years I come seeking fruit on this uh, fig tree and find none cut it down why it cumbereth it the ground and he answered and said unto him Lord let alone this year also till I shall dig about it and dung it and if it bear fruit well and if not then after that thou shalt cut it down I'm glad that's all he did He just cut it down. He didn't uproot it. He didn't burn it. You know, you can do that. You can cut a tree and then burn out the roots rather than pull it up. He didn't do that. He just cut it down. That way it has a chance to regrow. And it's going to. And that's where this book is going to focus. This is an interesting thing to do. If you take your Bible, your Bible is a mirror image of of itself. And it talks back and forth to itself. From Genesis to Malachi is how many books? 39, 39 books. Very good. And from Matthew to Revelation is 27. 27. That's right. Okay, so what is 39 minus 27? 12. 12. What's the number
2: 12 for? Israel. Israel.
0: Times. That's right. So, you're a small section. After your section is done, we still get more Israel.
1: <laughs>
0: if you mirror that thing and put it right back in, what's left after the New Testaments are gone is another 12 books. So that would be the nation of Israel. Okay, let's, let's delve in a little deeper. You have in the New Testament, you have four Gospels. Dan's confused. If I take Genesis and put Matthew under it, all the way through, like that. Oh, 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 oh. no, <laughs> okay. Mhm. Yep, you got twelve left over. In the New Testament, we have four Gospels: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In the Old Testament, we'll put four in there. What's that for? that's the Old Testament Law: Genesis through uh, Numbers. Then you'll get a transition book. In our Bible, it's what? Acts in the New Testament. So what would it be in the Old Testament? Deuteronomy, it's going to transition to a new leader. Joshua. That's that book of Deuteronomy. Actually, Joshua ends up writing the last chapter of Deuteronomy. Uh, then in our New Testament, we've got thirteen books that are church age books Romans to Philemon. So that's going to be the church. We represent rebellion.
1: Now,
0: now it's because of the rebellion of Israel that we are here to make them jealous, and there's where that thirteen comes in, so let's take it in put it in the Old Testament in the Old Testament we stopped we'll pick it up at Joshua to the book of Job that's going to be thirteen books, and that's going to represent israel's rebellion, and it does you got think about it. Uh, Joshua's in there telling them, hey, there's still a lot of land to go get. Go get it. Uh, You know, I told you. And he says, you can't even serve God. (laughs) It's the funniest thing he writes (laughs) on. Then you've got a transition book again in the New Testament. After the church age, there's a book that transitions from church age to another dispensation, the tribulation. Only I've always taught that's not a very smooth transition. It's, it's, abrupt. it's abrupt, that's right. So that's Hebrews. In the Old Testament, it would be what? The book of Psalms. That's an individual seeking God's heart. David. And in the tribulation, it's going to have to be that Jew individually seeking God and following what he says now he'll have some help because he'll have the 144,000 Moses and Elijah Okay, then after that we've got um, eight books that are tribulation books and those are from James through Revelation if you put that in the Old Testament you've got Proverbs through Daniel Daniel ends the same way the New Testament ends it's mirror images Revelation and Daniel are almost the same Okay, so that's the Old Testament and the New Testament is parallel. Now we've done that fun thing. Let's go to First Peter so we're starting to think, right? First Peter 1, verse 1. 1. Peter 1, verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered abroad through Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Okay. So who are these Strangers that are scattered, smothered, covered, and chunked. <laughs> That's <a> Wobble <Waffle> House. <laughs> they have to be Jews. Um, a Gentile would not be a stranger in those places. He'd be a homeborn person, he's a resident. <laughs> if a Jew showed up there, he's a stranger. And, um,. You find it all through the Bible. Now, sometimes a Gentile is referred to as a stranger, but rarely. And in our context, it's gonna it's gonna clear itself up. Um, look at Genesis thirty-one. Genesis thirty-one verse fifteen. Genesis thirty one fifteen. Now, are we not counted of him strangers? For he hath sold us and hath quite devoured also our money. I'm talking about Laban. Okay, so they're already identifying before the nation's even begun, and they're the ones that's going to found the nation. They're already saying we're strangers. That's right. They're strangers and pilgrims all the way through the Bible. Look at Exodus. Exodus six. Exodus 6 verse 4 there's a ton of verses uh, and I'm not going to give them all to you I don't think because we'll be here all night I think I've got 28 pages Um, but all through the Bible stranger is a reference to Israel Exodus 6 verse 4 I've also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan the land of their pilgrimage wherein they were strangers that kind of nails it down right there Right in the beginning. And he's going to go on through, and there's just tons of verses, and I'm skipping all these. Uh, these strangers um, are probably not pagans, they're probably not Gentiles, they're probably Jews in a land other than Israel. And he gave you all of those cities that he was writing to. Um, And I've got more verses. Let me skip all those verses and skip all those verses. Um, Okay, the other thing he said, not only were they strangers, but they were scattered. Meet some people like that. They're just scattered. (laughs) This is another definition of Israel. Now, if he had just used the word stranger, we could say maybe he's talking about Gentiles. But when he put scattered and Gentile together that's going to be a Waffle House special <laughs> look at it in Exodus 5
2: uh,
0: no bacon, that's right <laughs> kosher bacon <laughs> Exodus 5 verse 12 so the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt together stubble and of straw Okay, we know those, those are Israelites, and they're scattered. Look at Numbers chapter 10. Numbers 10, verse 35. And it came to pass when the ark set forward that Moses said, Rise up, Lord, and let thine enemies be scattered, and let them that hate thee flee before thee. Quite an indictment against Israel. They turned to be his enemy. So no wonder they're scattered. And that's exactly what he did to them. Uh, Look at Deuteronomy 30. Deuteronomy 30, verse 3. That then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee, and will return and gather thee from all nations whither the Lord thy God hath scattered thee okay when Israel became his enemy they still are he scattered them and they're still scattered one day he's going to turn that thing around and he's going to gather the scattered, smothered, covered in chunk put them all in a good <laughs> casserole <laughs> okay there's a bunch more verses on that I'm going to skip all of those um, that just goes and goes and goes uh, go to First Peter 1, 1 Peter 1 verse 3 1 Peter 1, verse 3. Now, this is how you know right from the beginning that this is not a church-age book. Now, I know that most people put this as a church-age book. and Most people interpret it that way. I'm not saying you can't get a blessing out of spiritualizing some stuff in it that way. That's fine. But we're talking, what's the actual, mean it just like it said it. That's doctrine. 1 Peter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again Mm -hmm. unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Somebody was begotten before Jesus Christ rose from the dead. That wasn't you and me. We've been begotten once. A Jew here gets begotten twice. Begotten as a nation... And if he trusts Jesus Christ, to be begotten twice. Okay, that's a good deal. Israel, the nation, is begotten. Exodus 4, verse 22. Exodus 4, verse 22. And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. Okay, so that's how he's begotten. As a nation, the nation is begotten. Deuteronomy 1, verse 31. And in the wilderness, where thou hast seen how the Lord thy God bare thee, as a man doth bear his son in all his ways that you uh, went until you came into this place. He's always calling Israel like a son. And he says, I brought my son out of Egypt. Talking He's always comparing the two. So Israel is a son, almost a type of Jesus Christ. He also calls wife. Uh, sort of. Jehovah's wife. God the Father's wife. His bride. Um, not yet. She will be married later on. Um, and then, I've got a bunch of verses on that, but we're going to skip it. 1 Peter 1. 1 Peter 1 verse 5 yeah I'll add the notes to it 1 Peter 1 verse 5 who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time (laughs) don't tell me that's a church age verse (laughs) that doesn't look church age does it we're kept by the power of God and we have salvation I'm not waiting around for it. I've got it. Now it's true. I'll it'll become more real. I'll get the earnest expectation that I've been given will finally be purchased and my body will be just as perfect as Jesus Christ. But uh, I, that's not the connotation here. This is something's going to be revealed at the last time. We know when the last time is. endure to the end. Somebody's Pointing it right to, toward that tribulation time period. Look at it in Matthew twenty-four thirteen. This is the famous verse. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be what saved. That's salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. That's the word salvation and end altogether. Just like he said in 1 Peter 1.5. Do what? We don't have to
1: do
0: it no, we don't. <laughs> Somebody does. Um, and then in Daniel, he gives you a whole bunch of verses on that, um, talking about the end and the last days and the latter times. In Romans 11.26, he tells you how all this happens. And so all Israel shall be saved. Okay, that's the last time. In Acts, he does it again in chapter 3. I don't even know what verse. Chapter 3, probably down around verse 18, somewhere around in there. He talks about um, uh, that your sins... Let's find it. Acts chapter 3.
2: probably
0: is yeah 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 acts 319 repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord so somebody's sins don't get blotted out and refreshed until Jesus Christ physically appears and that's the same message that's being preached and who's preaching that message? Peter. Verse 1. Now, Peter.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, it sits, doesn't it? And that's about the right time period for this book. Um, okay, 1 Peter 1, verse
2: 18.
0: Oh, I got it right? Yes. 1 mm-hmm. Peter 1, 18. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, As silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. Uh Uh-oh. Your fathers? (laughs) The fathers always refers to Jews. Like nowadays when you hear the word fathers, it always refers to Catholics. (laughs) The great imitator. Okay, well in the Bible usually if you come across the word father, it's a reference to the Jewish fathers. And that's pointing you right back to where we're looking. Look at uh, 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2, verse 12. Now, this is another proof that who he's writing to is Jews, not Gentiles. 1 Peter 2, verse 12. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, not among your brethren, not among your kinfoes, not among other Gentiles, among the Gentiles. As in, you're not a Gentile, but have a good conscience among them, or conversation. That whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they, Gentiles, may by your good, your, Jews, good works, which they, Gentiles, shall behold, glorify God when? in the day of visitation hmm wonder when that's going to be second advent ok he's writing to people who are seven years off from all of this ending 1st Peter 2 verse 25 1st Peter 2 verse 25 for ye were as sheep going astray but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Okay. Were you a sheep gone astray before you got saved? Negative. No. Mm-mm. You were a fish in the sea. And then you got turned into a sheep. <laughs> I'll make you fishers of men. Okay. You were a fishy. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of things about you that was just fishy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Look at First Peter five verse four, and when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Okay, he's waiting for the shepherd to actually show up, and he's going to, and Israel's been looking for him. What's he saying, in Isaiah? All we like sheep have gone astray. He's not talking to Christians. He's talking to Jews. Jews are sheep, according to the Bible. Um, and I got more verses on that, but I'm going to skip them. 1 Peter 4. First Peter 4, verse 3. 1 Peter 4, verse 3. For the time past of our life, of our life, may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they, the Gentiles, think it strange that you run not with them, the Gentiles, to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. Kind of sounds like the book of James, doesn't it? Rich men are bad, poor man is the only man that's good. Poor man's the righteous man, the rich man's the wicked man. In that book it is. And that's the way it's gonna be in the tribulation. Because you're gonna be poor if you don't take that mark. Antichrist is gonna see to it. (laughs) First Peter four verse nineteen. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to Him in well-doing as a faithful, as unto a faithful creator. Okay, now he starts he's giving you an appetite for what's going to happen in the tribulation. It's already er, yeah, and that's already starting to happen now, is people have lost sight of God as the creator. Darwin has pulled a fast one on America, well, the world, I guess. And the newer generations, they don't consider creation. They automatically default to science fiction, (laughs) evolution. That's right. So in the tribulation, there's going to be a gospel preached, and it's about a faithful creator, not Big Bang and whatever else they come up with. Revelation 14. Revelation 14, verse 6. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation, kindred, tongue, people. Okay, that's the gospel that's going to be preached, and you're already beginning to see the need of it because everything's hid in that direction. And at the time of the tribulation, that's going to be the, the gospel The gospel of the everlasting gospel, that's the Creator. You find that gospel all the way back in uh, Psalms 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. It's everlasting. It's always been there. That gospel, there is a Creator. All you need, according to Romans chapter 1, is eyeballs. All you need to do is be living in the world He created and you recognize there's a Creator. But people's minds have been blinded and that's the devil's job to blind them. Alright, I want to show you one other passage. Um and let's see. Yes, they will. hmm Look at um uh, where am I going? Yeah. First Peter five. First Peter five verse ten. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. That verse you have to spiritualize if you're going to fulfill it. Did, uh, did, uh, did Paul get strengthened, settled, established? And made perfect, we can say spiritually, but not physically. As he was to a pulp. Right. That that only fits one place, where there's only seven years remaining, and then they get everything physically, and they are strengthened, established. They're the top, they're uh, nation number one of the world. Okay, then it fits, doctrinally. Otherwise, you've got to spiritualize it. You've got to say, I'm going to be made perfect spiritually. He's going to settle me. He's going to establish me in my mind spiritually. I'll rise above the problems that are going on here. Okay, but they're still going on. There's coming a day they won't go on. It'll be 100% fulfilled, and nobody will be able to deny it. And that's where that book fits. The whole book fits into tribulation if you're going to explain it doctrinally just word for word as it shows up on the page that's the doctrine now you can get get some great uh, benefits from taking the spiritual applications you have to do that and god intends to to bless us that way in this age the church age however to understand the book the way it's written the reason god gave scripture the very first reason is for doctrine
1: Mhm. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to
0: them that have obtained like precious faith with us
1: through the righteousness of God and our Savior, granted to them. Mm-hmm. Great
0: mm-hmm. and the you on there? No, it's the same book. It's the same thing. Uh, that is still true. That is still true in the tribulation. In the tribulation, they still have to have the blood of the Lamb, they have to overcome by the, the Lamb, and the Psalm of Moses. They have to obey the commandments. So they get both.
2: The commandments and the testimony of Jesus. Mm-hmm. This book ties into that. This book does not tie into uh, the, the gospel. of grace.
0: No. You can spiritualize a lot of passages in there and try to make it look like it. And... It, it, but the danger with that is people start saying things don't mean what they say. There's an allegory to it. Well, once we start allegorizing the Bible, instead of saying it means exactly what it's saying, then it means nothing.
2: So, so like in verse 8, the spiritual application of verse 8, 5 eight, be over vigilant because your adversary will uh, mm-hmm. walk around when they're Okay, the literal is they're hiding in Petra.
0: And he wants to literally eat them.
2: Yeah, and and that would mean more to them in that dispensation when they're having to keep the commandment of God and the testimony of Jesus, which ties into the version we we're just talking about. That's right. Whereas all we can do is spiritualize those. Correct,
0: mm-hmm. correct.
2: Because we do need to be sober. That's
0: true. That's true.
2: Yes.
0: (laughs) See, here's the thing about this. You have to spiritualize passages in the Bible because a lot of the Bible is not written to us. So we spiritualize it. And we get great blessings and God uses that. But what happens if you say that's the only explanation for the passage is now you've destroyed what it means doctrinally where it fits. Why in the world do we care about that? Let's just be selfish and take everything spiritual and apply it to now. Well, I'm going to show you. John chapter 3. I was hoping he
2: was going to show it back. <laughs>
0: John 3, look at verse 5. Jesus speaking. He's talking to Nicodemus. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Uh, Where's the other verily, verily? Uh, Verse 3. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay, so he's telling Nicodemus he's got to be born again. He cannot be born again wrong dispensation he hadn't died yet <laughs> there's been no shed blood verse 10 Jesus answered and said unto him art thou a master in Israel Knows not these things so you're supposed to know about the other dispensations so what it doesn't apply to you Jesus says if you're going to, be a ma- if you're going to master this thing you should know about things that don't even apply to you wow so it's good for us to know the doctrine for every dispensation whether it applies to me or not he says there's a reward uh for mastery strive for the mastery okay that's mastery knowing the dispensations and what fits in them and how they apply he told nicodemus you ain't earned that reward buddy Yes. That's it. That's it. That's the safest thing to do.